the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, good morning. It is Tuesday. We have a great program in store. Uh, remember, it's the John DePietro Show weekdays from uh, 11 to 2 right here. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM, and at the website. So it's Tuesday. It's March 23rd. Next COVID briefing is coming up on Thursday. Thursday is also a big day because President Biden is going to have his first full-fledged press briefing. First time as president. Who knows what's going to happen? We're going to talk about it with Donna Perry. And also, folks, uh, there's a lot of news developing. This situation at the border. It's getting worse. It's going to get worse. This goes beyond a crisis. We have an open border. After all those years of the Trump administration and putting in an effective program and really shoring things up at the border, the Biden people have basically just turned it on its head and we're dealing with an open border and they have no idea really who's who's coming in. And uh, it's beyond a problem and they have to be held accountable for it. And it's one of those things that, you know, sometimes there's stories that are a little complicated and people can't fully uh, follow exactly what's going on. This is not one of them. You know, people will see with the good weather coming spring into the summer. I mean, there's just thousands of people. And I think that sound uh, that we played yesterday of the man that he he came in illegally and said the reason he did is because of President Biden. They wouldn't have made the trip if President Trump was still in office. President Trump was the deterrent. President Trump's talk kept people from trying to just come into our country. And folks, these are, again, unaccompanied minors, unaccompanied children coming in. We are they are feeding this cottage industry of these these coyotes, as they call them, that people pay them thousands to to make the trek and come over the border. These are not war torn countries. Maybe there's violence in their countries. Than the United States would be cheaper to send aid, of which we send a lot of money anyway. But it'd be better. Listen, the solution is to help the people in their countries. I want to be very clear. Some people say, well, what would you say? I would say we need to help these people in their own countries and keep them in their countries. Not everyone can live in the United States. I repeat, not everyone can live in the United States. You can't have the brain drain. Many of the people that are making the the trek in their communities. They're the adventurous ones. Uh, they're the ambitious ones. They're the ones that are willing to take risks. Many of them, they'd be good in business. They're the educated ones that sometimes come here for education. They don't come back. We can't keep robbing these countries of their brain drain. And what do you think is happening when many of them are taking the, the dangerous trek to get here and then they get over the border? What do you think happens when they call their, their families back in their different countries and tell them, hey, we made it. You know, think of your family members that either they drive somewhere or go on some kind of a trip and then, you know, you get that call or that text. We made it. We arrived, right? We're all set. Well, I mean, this is what's happening. And then what do you think happens? Other family members say, well, they made it. So I'll pay this this person, you know, whoever this person is, $4,000, $5,000, uh, that these people save and steal and borrow to get the money for. And I'll I'll pay that person the money because, you know, my family did it and it got them into the country. No, President Trump, they, they made a lot of improvements at the border. They made a change. They made a difference at the border. It should not be an open. We can't have an open border. And right now, President Biden is doing nothing to stem it. He can't just say, I'm saying don't cut. That, that's not enough. They all feel, and that man interviewed, listen, they were like reading the tea leaves. They were watching the winds. They follow the news. And the word goes out, this new guy that's in, they're not going to enforce the border. If you, Here's the word that's out right now. You want to go to the United States? This is a very good time to go. And the situation, it is a disaster. They have no one to blame but themselves. They're the ones that brought this on. This was not, you can't blame this on President Trump. As many of the illegals that have come over or arrived at the border said, is President Trump, they wouldn't be doing this. You know, he was someone they feared. He's someone that talked about building the wall and we're not going to allow it. 
and they were being housed in Mexico and processed in Mexico and not this catch and release that the Biden people are uh, doing and talking about. And folks, again, where do you think they're coming? They're going to seek out sanctuary cities and states in the country, and you have to believe Rhode Island's at the top of the list. All right, we have a lot we're going to cover. Leave it right here. This is the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today. 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain. 401-272-3340. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is depetro.com. They just click on Listen Live. It's time for DePetro Debate. With me is one of my siblings. She is a writer columnist for the Sun Chronicle. It's Donna Perry. And DJ, let's start off. It is historic. Uh, boy, it took a little bit longer, uh, longer than even Governor Mundo, but Boston Mayor Marty Walsh is uh, now part of the Biden administration, and it is, it is certainly historic in the city of Boston. Yes, and great to be with you. Um, yeah, this is really um, a historic uh passing of the torch, as you say, John. Um, so he, it, he was voted by a very high margin uh, Tuesday. And, but, you know, they make it very official. He said, I am no longer the mayor as of 9 p.m., you know, and then they, they do the handover, um, handoff. So what's, uh, what will uh, happen now is the uh, president of the city council, Kim Janney, who will become the first uh, person of color, black female. Uh, so it is very historic will be the acting mayor uh, of Boston. And then there is the, you know, the actual election. And by the way, there's like a whole bunch of people, several from the council, um, 
who are vying to ultimately become the mayor. But, you know, I do want to reflect on he was seven years um, as as mayor and he came from that very well-known, you know, big labor background. He had been a state rep for a time um, before I had lived here and et cetera. And then he, you know, he was really with the laborers. So, you know, very heavy on that labor side. But I thought he made a a couple of notable comments um, in his remarks that I thought were very nice and and actually very appropriate Um, because so much is is going to be made that, um, you know, Boston, which has, of course, a history of only like really Irish mayors have been like legendary, John, going back and obviously into the 1800s, you know, and he kind of said, I don't see it as a new Boston. This is an evolving Boston. But he also made a comment that I think needs to be said at this moment. Um, you know, Boston did has had periods where it, certainly the Irish have, are the power center. Uh, and they, you know, they did have periods where there was certainly discord, um, you know, with minorities uh, over, you know, periods of you go back to the 70s, etc. But he said, you know, Let's remember Boston, for all of its uh, history, has been um, a city where waves of immigrants have come. And I think that needs to be certainly passed down to young people to understand that, John. I mean, the Boston had waves of the Italians, Irish. We have roots from our own family, certainly. You know, different waves of immigrants have come. And then there was the uh, Poles and the Russians and, and the Asians and et cetera. So I thought it was nice he made passing reference to that in his kind of closing farewell address to the city. And I think that is an important thing to remember. Boston is always been, is what he said, has always been a multicultural city. It has, you know, um, and the neighborhoods, I think, that, you know, had had that distinction, which is actually what makes Boston so charming and historic and people, you know, really love it for all that. So I thought he made very touching remarks um, Kim Janney, it's a new era for her. She is, um, you know, was kind of a Roxbury sort of uh, background person, and uh, um, but has really worked her way up um, in a short period of time. She only joined the council, I think, less than five years ago. So that's kind of notable. And so she now is acting mayor, and then they have the big election in the fall. Well, it's interesting also, <clears throat> during Walsh's tenure as mayor, um, I mean, that the decision made by basically Boston and Massachusetts not to go after and, and host the summer, you know, the, the, the Olympics. Olympic Games, yeah, that really turned it around. And then when they were able to get GE to, you know, leave Hartford and and or, yes. excuse me, leave Mass, uh, Connecticut and come to to Mass, DJ, the the past several years under, you know, Walsh gets some of the credit, not certainly not all of it, but we we've really watched that Boston has emerged prior to the pandemic, as, as a real international city. Absolutely. And I do want to touch on that. I mean, under Walsh and, and Baker, I would say, yes. a very strong pro-business leadership. John, Boston, really, you're right. When we were growing up, it was not the world. It's a world-class no. city today. Yeah. Um, very strong on international um, business. and But uh, you're right, the development of the seaport, which also was a very different place when we were, you know, kids, you'd go up to... And Atlantic Avenue, and you know, I don't know how many people would wander over there. I mean, just the transformation of that fantastic seaport district, um, and and what they've done with so many parts of the city. It is a world class city, um, and and also his. A lot of people do point though his relationship with um, uh, AFL CIO and, and labor unions that you know really do the construction projects, and so that that has actually been an asset to the city. Um, his economic development director is also has his hat in the ring for the race, John Barrows. So, yep. yeah, I'd keep an eye on that. But you're right. Like, I mean, the pandemic, you know, of course, threw every city off. But um, I think the city and he deserves that credit and recognition. I think the city is well positioned to come out of the pandemic. Um, they, you know, the obviously the uh, institutions of higher ed have always been legendary. Um, but really, the Making it that international imprint, I think, has more come from this recent leadership. And again, Baker also to uh, push that. Um, And so he leaves. I think, you know, he had a very poignant, nice address. And uh, there's really not a lot of stones they can throw at the guy. And, you know, he's on his way. 
And now um, <clears throat> with Walsh out, DJ, it, it, it's not an immediate election. So it, it'll take a, a little while, uh, I, I yes. believe. And then we, we, is she considered the front runner or? Well, you Boy, know, it's a big difference when you get to be the mayor for a while. Well, right. And, and that what's interesting is she hasn't oddly by some people observing this, she hasn't actually declared definitively that she's seeking it. But I think that okay. was really just a protocol. It's probably smart on her part. Um, she wanted to, you know, be in the chair. Um, they, she and he work very well together and they had very, very nice uh, mutual comments to each other. Um, and, you know, he's a guy, scrappy guy. I mean, he was like, you know, I'm a kid from the streets of Dorchester, yeah. you know, and uh, here he is uh, when you go to Washington, you know, cabinet secretary for the United States. So he deserves all that. Um, and she's also was a humble background. And, you know, she uh, I think so. I think it's a notable moment for Boston. But there are several um, uh, African-American females from the council two at least are, are running and then Michelle Wu who people have really kept an eye on now she is yes. like a prominent um, Asian American and yeah. I think she is going to make a strong run at this and that would certainly yeah. be historic down the line for Boston yeah it is amazing though how quickly you know Governor Armando you know she as you know, joined she's commerce and it's like boom you're gone she's moved on the new administration is in yeah and uh, and then suddenly it's just it's it's something uh, of the past. Now we're going to talk quite a bit about uh, President Biden and folks. Again, it's to feature a debate with me is Donna Perry, John, Donna Perry, who is the writer columnist for the Sun Chronicle. DJ, I want to get your thoughts on obviously this was high profile and it was obviously in the news. I I thought people poking fun. I thought they went a little overboard. But what was your general take on the president? That wasn't just one step he he had quite the the stumble and actually yeah. even went fully down on those stairs going up uh to air force one on friday and that obviously really rocketed yeah you know and like you say i mean on the one hand i don't think it's appropriate no one should uh i mean a little bit of running the loop of the tape i thought was you know on some of the shows okay you don't need to do that but i but i do think in this way what is concerning about the whole optics of it and i would say it's also concerning about the national press um being very incurious did did yeah. anything happen john we know at an advanced age people can have um a momentary you know uh thing that can can cause them to do that now that it was an ex excessively windy day we've had those days last week and all that stuff but um you're right. Like, I mean, the fact that he's so slight in his weight now, which is not the person he used to be, certainly. And that can happen. I, I think it's just was I felt it was concerning on a couple of levels, um, you know, that they the fact that it was like the triple thing. And at one point, I, I will say, like, if he hadn't grabbed that rail, like what if he had tumbled all the way down the stairs and, and he could have, and he yeah. could have. And then you, and let's again, with the media being so like, you know, kid gloves around this. I mean, he, John, he's the president of the United States. Right. If he had a concussion, it's like, would you be curious? Would you think you should report that? And that's, I'm not, that did not happen. I'm just saying in that instance, you're right. And I think the fact that at the press briefings the next day, you know, they're very defensive about his condition, let's face it, and um, and Jen Psaki to almost act like, oh, it's so ridiculous that, uh, and it's always the Fox guy who might have said, like, was he checked out by a doctor? Wouldn't that be, like, right. basic protocol? By the way, I think he also meant if he had an ankle twist or something. Right. So Because he did. The president did hurt his foot not long ago. And that ago. was the wrestling the on with the dog. That was supposedly playing <laughs> right. with the dog, although no one captured it. but. Right. And she didn't fully answer the question. She said, well, you know, a doctor travels with the president, but she wouldn't say on whether or not. Um, right. Listen, older, sometimes it can happen. Older people fall. Uh, there was, I, I don't understand. There was no read for him to, him to be running up the stairs. He could have just been walking up the stairs. But it, it is, uh, you know, I, I got to admit the next time that we're going to see him, whenever that is, going up any form of stairs, you don't really see it in the White House, but you see it like with Air Force One. I think everyone they 
will watch and almost like hold their collective breath to see if he can do it. And I'll just add quickly, and the hypocrisy with how they treated, that was really the one time Trump was uh, spoke at West Point and it was a very slippery, weird ramp and all that stuff. And they made a big deal of it. And CNN was practically questioning, was he having a stroke, like walking down the ramp? I mean, it just, the hypocrisy of the coverage um, it, it really is uh, unbelievable. And I just think, again, the media, I think you're slowly seeing a crack in that. Yes. And we'll talk about that. I thought there was some notable coverage of some other things this week. So, yeah. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Again, Donna Perry of the Sun Chronicle right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 508- 336-2110, 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com this winter you can depend on Henry Oil call them today 401-521-0200 make Henry Oil make the switch make Henry Oil your reliable affordable fuel oil delivery company 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred residential commercial fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline reliable affordable fuel oil delivery it's henry oil serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass call them today 401-521-0200 remember with henry oil automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing check out their website henryoil.com or call them today 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred Henry Oil. Since nineteen forty seven, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, four zero one five two one zero two hundred. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass it's henry oil call them 401-521-0200 this winter i'm asking you to switch to henry oil online at henryoil.com we're speaking with donna perry who is the uh, writer columnist for the sun chronicle and dj um this thursday you know it shouldn't be a big deal but the way that they have kind of hit him, it is a big deal. President Biden's going to have his first uh, float, uh, you know, full-fledged press briefing. Uh, it's been some time. It's the longest that any president hasn't held one. But let's have a little bit of a kind of a wide-ranging discussion on the Biden presidency because you hinted at it. And I think the, the tide is starting to turn a little bit with the media where the honeymoon is about to really come to a crashing halt. Yeah. And, and so, and to, to this point of all this stuff, the, the way they have handled a lot of this protectiveness um, of him, in the world of PR, John, there used to be the old rule, like, you don't want to build up to this now 
overly anticipated moment, like you say, and I'm sorry, they have self-created this. So obviously he's having uh, his first big press conference Thursday. They waited and waited and I'm, and we will um, get into some of these other issues, John, they've waited. And in my view, they have waited to a point where they have a lot of crises to going on. And then now he's going to have to juggle those. Um, And I just think, you know, like it, they're almost creating an impression, whether they know it or not, that there is almost something to hide. I'm just going to say it. Like, I think the yeah. fact that there is this thing where he does, has not made big, you know, wide um, ranging uh, remarks that are unscripted. He doesn't know what question's coming next on his own. Let's face it, he hasn't. There's been no joint remarks to Congress, by the way, which people no. have pointed out that's actually a little unusual by now at the end of March uh, with a new president, but he will have the press briefing, but we have these uh, larger issues and they build, that's the job of the president. Every, something is always around the corner and they build up. And so the point is there's no magical time and either, and you have to be able to do that. uh, If you're a president, there's already some media who have on the side, you know, again, this, they're in the, um, PR corner for them. And they've said, well, you know, or his chief of staff has said, it's kind of an old fashioned thing. And and I don't know if the public really cares. That is not true. You're the president. And I think you should be able to field questions on any topic. And so, yeah, I think the pressure is on them quite a bit. And um, and do you think it was a mistake that they waited this this long? Because you think of it, if they had just got this out of the way in the first two weeks everything was still just anti-trump it was about the capital now yes you know things are getting a little more complicated yeah and that's that's the thing that's a great point they did wait too long because early on you know you can hide behind the let's face it you know pr people do this all the time you can hide behind saying yes we're looking at that i have a, co- a commission doing that i have you know um, yeah. a staff group doing that he can't really do that now they've got a big no. target on their back obviously they have an immigration and border mess crisis, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it is, and there's also a lack of transparency on how they're handling that, um, by the way. And I think they're going to have to um, answer quite a bit about that. And I think in terms of just the press conference, by the way, they're also, despite, again, with the contrast with Trump, now they, they said you know, we're back with being allies and we're going to have a smoother foreign policy, uh, foreign affairs, you know, our policies. And John, they're off to, I think, a very almost embarrassing start with our with two major rivals or enemies, if you will, when you see of what happened with China and that kind of disastrous uh, first big meeting in Alaska with the secretary of state. And yes. then they've got this weird thing going on with Russia. Um, and, and then I think it shows you why they sort of keep him hidden and they don't like him doing unscripted remarks because he did get caught with the Stephanopoulos interview and just blurted out like, yeah, I think Putin's a killer now. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's part and they, they're the staff, they know him and they know he has sometimes you know, not really a great command of uh, how he's going to explain things. So, uh, Donna Perry, yeah. let's just touch on, there are people that already think that he's going to be given the questions in advance and it's all a setup. Now, yeah. I'll say this, they, they will have the order selected, but President Bush, other presidents have done that because they don't want it to be like everyone just screaming. Right. So I famously remember President Bush saying, he'd look at the card and say, you know, Jim, from USA Today yes. and then point to him and they give an answer and then look at the card and say, Martha from ABC. So that is said. But w- what is your I, I do not believe that they are given the questions in advance. Now, the, I think part of his prep may be what they anticipate could be. asked. Yes. But I, I wouldn't go as far as to say the way some people that just that's how jaded they've become that, you know, the Washington Post, New York Times, whoever you want, whoever is actually I, I do not believe that they're giving them the question. I advance. agree with you. And I think yeah. that um, like, if you know, I do agree with you. And I, I want to point to I thought the Washington Post especially had a very I tweeted out about this. They had a very scathing 
article um, on how they are just bungling, um, how they're handling all parts of the border issue. And I I agree with you. I think uh, they have reached a point. And and to me, if you're a major newspaper, the New York Times, Washington Post, um, the papers that we grew up with of that stature, they're not handing a press secretary, oh, like, here's the question, just practice his answer. I really doubt that. And I also would point out that the media, unlike the old days, it's too big for that. I mean, you know, you have all these really aggressive Politico and Axios um, and all this stuff. And, and JD, let's face it, we, you know, better than anyone, how media works. You have these younger sort of uh, upstart reporters. There are people, they want to make their name in that. They want to, they want to have like a moment. So I would doubt that, um, yes, are there issue categories that they could say, um, give us a sense of that. But the thing that that I would find it um, very troubling if you have like a really scripted press conference and, you know, we're not Beijing. I know people think we're getting to that, but we're not. And I I, I don't think that happens. And also, it's not a guarantee that someone's going to be able to get a question because there are a lot of outlets. But that but um, but to the larger point. It was it was Sunday. It was uh, Martha Raddatz was filling in for Stephanopoulos. And, and I'll even say this. They almost seemed a little reluctant that they had this on camera where she's talking to this man and he came into the country and he's illegal. And he came right out and, and she asked him and he said and admitted that the reason that they were coming is because that Biden is the president. If Trump was still president, they wouldn't have come. Donna Perry, that to me. It just shows that like the media and his critics never got it. Trump was the deterrent. Him in the White House, him saying we're going to build a wall. You're not co-. that absolutely around the world. And, and that itself was the deterrent that that's what was preventing thousands of people just flooding the border the way they're doing it right well now. absolutely. And without the media exactly certainly ever going to say this. A lot of Trump's policies, John, are now getting some vindication in very in very plain sight for anyone to see like his. But again, they never got a a one inch of a credit for understanding that Um, the narrative kids in cages. Well, uh, you know that that no wonder they didn't want the photos. And you had this Democrat congressman, by the way, who they're becoming a problem for him. They snuck those photos out or they took their own photos. They shouldn't have to sneak photos out. Um, You know, but we're taxpayers. John, we pay for the Border Patrol. That's Um, right. So and the media has got to get more aggressive with this. They have problems going on with that, which, by the way, is not dissimilar with other uh, administrations have had. And then Trump took a very different approach because he saw if you have the incentive policies and now that's what's playing out in real time, you can send the child, then the family gets to follow suit. This is exactly what he was talking about. Um, And I might add that even now, uh, Biden's, um, you know, Homeland Security, uh, Mayorkas, when he, you know, ran on all the shows uh, on the weekend and he's declaring the border is closed. Well, no. <laughs> and Senator Tom Cotton re- said, no, it's not. It's open. And I think Trump's view, which seems so extreme to them, that was his whole point of a wall. Because otherwise, J.D., we know when you look at 2000 miles, the Rio Grande, Trump was saying the border actually can never be closed unless you Correct. have a physical barrier. Right. And they've had fencing that is like how many decades old and it doesn't work. So um, I I do think that they are up to their eyeballs with the politics around this and the real, real problem. And if I may, you know, what what we're seeing here uh, and again to that Washington Post, what they really put out that I thought was remarkable, they are undercutting this talking point that the Biden team and including VP Harris who tried to do this even the other day when they are saying, oh, the whole we inherited a mess from the other administration. See, that's the talking point. The Post said that they for months, but of course, he was running this race that they were in a transition in December and they got people off the record to verify and say 
seasoned immigration officials, not political, said to them, if you project, just like he's doing, I'll reverse all of Trump's policies. And they said, if you do that, you're going to have a huge surge at the border. And they knew that since December. I thought that was very important because they are hiding behind this fake story that, oh, we're just, we inherited a mess. No, Trump put enforcement there. And now they are projecting to all of Central America, if you send the kids, we're open. I mean, that's what... uh, Right, it's an open border. And we're coming into the spring and the summer. And that's when they're really going to come. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to stay with that, though, Donna Perry. It's uh, Donna Perry, The Sun Chronicle, right here on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600. For J.K.L. Engineering, this time of year, the temperature, it's getting chilly, it's getting cold. When are you going to first put on your heat? Call J.K.L. Engineering, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial Hey, face it, whether we like it or not, the heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, infinity system. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L., licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L., an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navient-certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. today for system replacement, oil to gas, or for heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering at 401-351-7600. I'll give you that number again, 401-351-7600. J.K.L., they'll keep you cool in the summertime, warm in the wintertime. Estimates are free, financing is available, and the highest rebates on the market. Call J.K.L. Engineering, 401-351-7600. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the queen of health. 401-305-3585. You've seen her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health, because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas the service is the best plus hemp and cbd products plus massage therapy reflexology pilates folks stop it and see her it's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins 1099 menden road in cumberland you can call her at 401 305 3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. We're speaking with Donna Perry of the Sun Chronicle. And DJ, I want to stay with the border 
because that's one of those things that it's uncontrollable. You can't use talking points. It's easy to understand for the average American voter, whoever yeah. that is filming this. But and then look at the reaction. Harris, she laughed when reporters asked her if she was going to go to yes. the border. Now, that's her. What does she do when she doesn't know what to say and she's caught? She just laughs. And sometimes that has like worked for her. Uh, but in a situation like this, what's funny? Why is that funny that she's laughing that she would go to go to the border? Where they're really failing is now, as you know, there's a cottage industry of yes. coyotes. Where you have someone that says, "Hey, listen, I I do this, and I'll if you pay me whatever it is, three thousand, five thousand, I will get you over the border." Now, if someone does the math, if I take one hundred people, and you pay reluctantly but pay me the money, and then you're calling your relative saying, "Hey, this guy was legit. Guess what? We're in Texas. We he got us in over the border." Well, now they're coming and now business is booming. That's a huge problem for the Biden. It's a huge issue. You're right. The two of them in the past two days, John, political tenure. I mean, they they catch her on a on a, a, you know, airport runway. And they said, now, this was the one that during the campaign. Right. And she would talk about this is a humanitarian crisis and how Trump is treating children. Or do you want to go and see it for yourself? And she bursts out with that cackle laughter, uh, oh, which, God. John, I'm sorry. Uh, she well, I just think she projects that she's a lightweight on a lot of these policy issues. She I don't is. know how else yeah. to say that's such an inappropriate response. Talk about a tin air, you know, and she's just running around onto her plane. And then Biden even saying in front of the White House, oh, at some point. Now, he might go down there and the media was like, but then again, they don't do the tough follow up. Um, The other issue to your point that and we've I've mentioned this. This is what Trump's team saw early. It is this is not just, you know, um, an innocent family. They might they live in poverty. Yes, they do in corners of Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. And they say, you know, we're desperate or, you know, there's corruption or there's. Uh, gangs in our neighborhood, and we're going to put our backpacks on and make the trek. It is not, that's not really the scenario. There is a cottage industry. By the way, there are immigrant activist groups, uh, migrant activists. They are down in those countries, J.D., and immigration lawyers. um, These are the people who put them in the T-shirts. So there is an entire... Yeah, the Biden T-shirts let us in. and, And see, so he has a larger problem with that whole group of people and then there are the smugglers and the coyotes i mean the reports are just very very troubling um and when you see like an 11 year old kid holding the hand of their like five-year-old sibling um yes i'm sorry that's not and to jen saki when she stands there and says we're Uh. taking the more humane approach John, that's an incentive. That is not humane to those people. No. You're not being responsible. Right. Opposite. You're encouraging a family to do what I just said, a 12-year-old and a 5-year-old. I mean, yeah. that, and they could drown, and that has happened, you know, when they do uh, the river crossing, and then there's all this mess, and you have children, they're the poor things, and they're not fed, and they're filthy, and they're cold, and whatever. It goes on and on, and, and the fact that, um, the other mess I see coming for him politically, though, on this, his own Democrat, Texas Republicans, you have Henry Quaylar. He's been there for a long time. The other uh, congressmen, they are represent districts on the border. And he kind of outed them, John. I don't know if you caught some of this on the weekend shows. He said he was furious because he pointed out Biden quietly sent. They had part of the White House team. Um, they were down there. He said, I live nine minutes from the border. I mean, his district way yep. borders it. And he said they did not even have the courtesy. He said they were in and out in 48 hours. No one from the White House notified me. Now, he's the congressman wow. for that district. So he's mm. furious with them. And he's the one who now got the cell phone photos that now everyone can see what's going on. So. Yes. You know, when you have a press that I want to say, like, what about transparency here? I think that's an issue they're going to have, John, is there's a lot of secrecy in how they're operating. 
Yes. And I think that's slowly the, the mm. press is going to really start to push and, and get their footing and move into. And also, you know, the Washington Post also had a story that that ratings, it's not people's imagination. CNN has lost 45 percent of their ratings. Yeah. Newspaper yeah. traffic is down. It was the Trump effect. They call it the it was the Trump bump. <laughs> right, they were right. covering them, And now it's the Trump slump. <laughs> right. Right. Because things have. And as much as Fox Fox now. They've lost a little bit, but they've stayed solid. But MSNBC, CNN, way down. way down. I think newspapers and and that's going to hurt Biden because the New York Post, the Washington, uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, they're going to realize when they do a story about something like this at the border or about Biden, it's going to skyrocket on their website. And that's what's going to draw yeah. their attention and kind of bring them back in. Now, Donna Perry, I want to touch on um, one last question about Thursday. Now, you have obviously worked in media and do, but you've also worked on Capitol Hill. What is, if you're the Biden people, what would be considered an A, if you will, for him on Thursday? And what is a complete disaster meltdown? What does that look great, like? Great question. Um, I, an A would be that he can navigate the series of questions um, with, you know, careful non-inflammatory, you know, even general remarks. Sometimes you have to sound like you're dodging it a little bit, but not break out in full stumbles. I mean, if he can get through it and it looks, you know, and these are going to be tough questions, but they, you know, so let's say he uh, almost has a, uh, an appearance the way he had that, that first debate, I think with Trump and people thought he seemed competent, right? And he kind of got some high marks for that. Disaster though, to me yeah. is more looming because now he's president and they've got a lot of messes around yeah. them. So the disaster is that he's going to get caught up and he tends to do this in an inflammatory question. Uh, and then he responds and it's off key and he may throw out, uh, which we have seen him do in the past. And he throws out kind of an inflammatory response, whether it was, you know, the old, you ain't black or, you know, he made that thing. Yeah. And then, you know, it could be, I, truthfully, I think he got caught in that other interview and calling a world leader a killer. Um, you know, I yeah. think that's going to be the disaster because the media is going to look for the headline. Um, right. So Good I point. do think those are the parameters of from from the very little exposure we had to him during the campaign. He got through kind of a smoother debate, but there's a difference that those were one journalist running a debate and they were obviously pro him. <laughs> so um, I don't think the entire press corps, this is going to be interesting. And again, he wasn't in office then. I mean, they got this stuff no. on their hands. I don't think he's, yeah. and I'll just, if I can just 10 seconds, I don't think they're helping him, John, with this hiding him. Cause guess what? He's almost like well. not getting seasoned of how to be on his feet right. the way Trump would sure. stand there in the driveway of the white house and talk for 40 minutes and take tough, he tough, would. insulting questions. So then and yeah. one right after another that Donna Perry, do you feel what, what is the, 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 to me, the narrative with the Asian hate now, obviously what happened in Georgia, uh, it, it's as if they want to ignore the circumstances that is obviously a very disturbed uh, individual, yes. but it seemingly had to do with the fact that he would go to these massage parlors and those that listen, that's a, well, regardless of what people want to say, that's a dangerous line of work, depending on, you know, what goes on. But when you see in New York oh, yeah. that a lot of Asian people are being attacked, but then the attackers are black to me, the whole Asian hate thing seemed to be, and there were people blaming president yes. Trump as if they, they wanted to have, the gunman in Georgia in a MAGA hat and connected that he was inside the Capitol on January 6th. I, I don't, you know, both of you and I mm -hmm. have lived in New York. There's been long stem problem within a lot of the yes. Korean uh, delis and also the, and within the black community, that's a huge, huge factor. Well, it is. And you're right. It, I have noted it is remarkable on all the reporting on this, the, the part of the story that a lot of the national media doesn't go enough, they don't want to say, who are the perpetrators and what does the data show? The largest percentage of the perpetrators, when especially when it started uh, wildly in New York and San Francisco, they are black males. And here's another thing, John, that is the media does not 
wanting to say this. That is really the data, but they are implying to the audience that these are uh, sort of white Trump guys. Let's face it, that's exactly what they're implying. They go 99% out on the dock, you know, to throw that out there, and they don't exactly say it. There is a history of animosity between, um, you know, the black community and a lot of the Asians in New York. Um, the Koreans yes. long ago cornered the market. They own the bodegas. They run those. Um, and that right. was always the source of then um, incidents that then, you know, get ex- um, escalate. So I just think there and there, I want to point out there was one bit of reporting. Now, this is from a uh, prominent Asian journalist, and she's more of the digital NBC News Online. So her piece okay. was, and this was several weeks ago, and then it got no more fanfare. And she said there is a hesitancy about this whole issue of what to call a hate crime, because the advocates in the black community, let's say in New York, they don't see that that's the whole crust of the issue. They, they're they holding right. back. Right. And by the way, the media, that's a very the media, good point. They and don't, they don't want, want to, someone right. black accused so of a hate and crime. And the media yes. has ignored something else. The prosecutions are actually not occurring. So I think yeah. the media is going to get pulled and dragged into the truth of a lot of this story. Like CNN, six Asian people killed in Georgia and two other people. Well, what is that? <laughs> two other people? You mean the two other white people? Don't they well, that's... matter? But that, that would kill the narrative because the white gunman killed two white like people. It's almost like CNN, they're waiting so... and they had three days of that story. But they don't yes. report that the perpetrators in most of these very elderly, and you saw that in San Francisco. I'm sorry. And John, yes, sadly, it's, it's like no, a punk game men. because other people have it reported. Is. Then they post it on social media. Yep. Donna so, Perry, how can people read your fine work? In thank the you. So they're at thesunchronicle.com and I Facebook Donna Perry all my work. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Donna Perry MA1. DJ, great job, Stacey. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today. 439-6028, 439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, the licensed arborists help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call. 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com.